this morning, um, we are starting a new series, and this series is called Friendship with Jesus. And um, one of my first friends was Jesus. I grew up in a pastor's home and in a Christian family, so I, I received Jesus into my heart at a very young age. And this was the beginning of our friendship. Friendship with Jesus as a little girl is a lot like having an imaginary friend, except he's really real. So it's like the best case scenario. Friendship with Jesus today, more than 40 years later, is so much bigger, but still just as pure. It has layers of life, it has struggles, it has regrets of mistakes made in the friendship, you know. But it's also sweeter and deeper and richer. I can't even see the line of the beginning of my friendship with Jesus. And it definitely doesn't have an end. Because it's a true, truly eternal friendship. And um, friendship with Jesus is the song that never ends. You guys know that song? The song that never ends. Yes, it goes on and on, my friend. Some people started singing it, not knowing what it was. They'll continue singing it forever just because it is a song that never ends. Yeah, so, I mean, we can just keep going. <laughs> but this is friendship with Jesus. And over the next four weeks, we are going to do a deep dive into friendship with Jesus. Because I believe that, that this is something we don't have a full understanding of. In, and, and I believe that friendship with Jesus is an invitation. It's an invitation into to revelation that will produce in us a, a demonstration of, of the fullness, of the surpassing greatness, of, of the depth and the height of, and the width of who he is and who we are in him. So today, I'm starting with this. I'm starting with Jesus, friend of sinners. Now, sinners, that's classic. <laughs> wow, what a classic term, you know, that with that same old definition it's always had and that, that same old truth, but it's also a word or, or a phrase, friend of sinners, that's, that's aged out a little bit. Um, but I wonder if we should give more time to in order to understand it deeper because as things phase out and age out, it's just like a, a disconnection that we feel with them because we're like, well, that's kind of an old thing. And then it calluses us to truth. And what Jesus wants to show us in it, and we dismiss it because we don't relate to it. So friend of sinners. Sinner is basically just a term describing um, someone who has or is making, you know, not the best moral choices. You know, it's generally someone that you would attribute to living in opposition to, to the Lord. Not role model material. You know, um, someone living in a moral life. And that's really the definition of sinner. Jesus, friend of sinners. So I have a Bible trivia question for you right now. I think you'll get it. I hope so. Because if you get it, we get to hear a song. But if you don't get it, we don't get to hear a song. So who was the shortest man in the Bible? Zacchaeus, the wee little man. The happy little man was he. 
Zacchaeus is a Hebrew name, and Zacchaeus, the meaning of his name, is clean or pure. Now, this is very ironic because he was actually a corrupt tax collector. He was the chief tax collector in Jericho, and he worked for the Roman government. There was nothing really pure about him from a natural perspective. He was not liked by the people. He stole money from them. He mistreated them, and he, he gained a pretty extravagant lifestyle, you know, by doing this. In Luke 19, we find the account of Zacchaeus, his meet and greet with Jesus. And starting at verse 1, we read that Jesus was, was passing through. He had entered Jericho, and he was en route to Jerusalem. Jericho was not the plan. Jerusalem was the plan. Jericho was on the path to the plan of Jerusalem. Okay, so I live in Santee, and it's like, it's, it's right on the border of Santee and San Diego City Line. And so that's where I live, and so I'm really close to freeways. So in order to get here where I work, to La Mesa, I get on the 125. And in about the nine minutes that it takes me to get to my house to the church, there's about a 30-second uh, spot where I am in El Cajon. Okay, it's just slotted El Cajon as I'm driving. Now, I am not stopping in El Cajon. No offense to the El Cajonians in the room. But I am not stopping in El Cajon. That is just on my route to work, right? So there's no plan of stopping here. And this is Jesus right now. He is, he is no, there is no plan to stop in Jericho. He is on his way to Jerusalem, just passing through. So Luke chapter 19, starting at verse 1, it says this. Jesus entered Jericho. And was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was the chief tax collector and he was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was. But because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and he climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him since Jesus was coming that way. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and he said, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and he welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and began to mutter, he has gone to be the guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and he said to the Lord, look, Lord, here and now I give half my possessions to the poor. And if I've cheated anyone out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, today salvation has come into this house because this man too is a son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek and save the lost. All right, Zacchaeus, here a man I believe that knew a lot. Okay, he handled money. He was a tax collector, the chief. So I feel like we can at least assume that he was very educated in finance. He had all the world could offer, but yet he needed to see more. He had built a life. He had a career. He had, he had built a name. People knew him. He was the infamous tax man. He built a home. He acquired wealth. No doubt he had seen a lot in his lifetime, too, dealing with taxes and families and situations. You know, I'm sure he had to deal with the rich, the poor, all the in-between. You know, he had probably had complicated situations. Just like today, there would be similar obstacles that families would have to deal with in tax season. Yet he needed to see more. He had seen a lot. He had known a lot done a lot, but he wanted to see who Jesus was. So in the fullness of, of Zacchaeus' elaborate life and all the wealth that he had gained, he wondered, what am I missing? Like, what is it that I don't have? 
you know, I have all these things. I've built a life and a career and a name and all these things, but, but there's, there's just something else that I don't have. And, and this reflection that I believe he had and this desperation to see made him do something that nobody else was doing that day. Zacchaeus heard the talk. Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. So he ran out to see. And when he ran out to see, the crowd was so overwhelming that he didn't know what to do. There was people everywhere. And he was smaller in stature. So he's like, there's no way. There's no way I'm going to get to see this. So this brings me to short people problems. Okay, short people problems. So let's go over a few of these. People like to pat you on the head. What purpose does this have? Short people problems. These are, yeah, here they are. They also like to call you cute. You can't reach half the shelves in your house, so I hope you have room for a small ladder. Standing room only concerts are the worst. You get stuck in the middle seats on all road trips, even though it's on no matter I can tell you the most awkward moments that I have had, especially when I'm dropping my kids off at school. Pants, pants are a problem because they're always too long, and then capris turn into pants, <laughs> and shorts turn into capris. People want to pick you up. Yep. Yeah, yeah, all the tall people in the room, you're like, I don't relate to this at all. I don't even understand what you're saying right now. People want to pick you up. They want to use you as an armrest. I'm not kidding you not. That happened to me in the prayer room this morning. <laughs> and they want to see if you can fit into small spaces. Now, that one I don't actually mind because I kind of like the challenge. Like, can I fit in there? I think I can. Uh, yeah, we did. We, there's all kinds of things we try to do. Sure, people problems. This is Zacchaeus. He, he, he has everything at his disposal in his life, but he comes out. He wants to see who Jesus is. There's a crowd. There's people everywhere. It's overwhelming, and he can't see. So why bother? Why not be like, eh, it's not worth it. But he was so desperate to see. He may not have been tall, but he was fast. It's, it's, it's like he had a million and one problems, but speed wasn't one of them. So he ran ahead. He ran ahead. Sometimes our desperation will push us to do more than popular culture. Everyone was crowding. Everyone was hovering. Everyone was standing. But Zacchaeus ran ahead. Have you ever tried to run ahead of, like, your group to take a picture of them? Like, say you're walking through Main Street at Disneyland, and you're, like, with a group, and you're like, oh, I want to take a picture. This is going to look so good. So you run ahead, but by the time you turn around to set up, they're, like, right here. <laughs> so then you run ahead again. It's the hardest thing. So this was, like, not easy thing. The crowd and Jesus was coming towards him. He is running ahead to get far enough so that he can actually see. So when they pass by, he can see who Jesus is. So he runs ahead. He has a tree his eyes on he's like that's gonna be a good one because it's a sycamore tree and they have like kind of low branches and like strong ones so you can like because he was short he would need like low branches so he, he had a plan so he's like this is gonna help so he gets to the tree and he grabs a branch and then he grabs another one and then he gets his footing in and then he hoists himself up I feel like he probably had some good upper body strength to make this work it's you know he's probably like really in shape maybe I don't know 
um, he's a full-grown man climbing a tree, which is really interesting to, to picture. Um, if you were at our Memorial Day picnic in the park, you would not have a problem picturing this because we did have a full-grown man climb a tree that day. Because if you remember, Brother Stephen was flying a kite, doing very well, as I may mention. Very awesome. It was really high. And then suddenly the wind took it, and it went into a very tall tree. Well, this was a problem. He tried to get it out. The string was all tangled. It wasn't coming out. Well, Juan was there. And whenever there is a pressing need, Juan is to the rescue. So he decides, I'm a full-grown man. I'm going to climb a tree right now. So he decides to climb this tree to try to retrieve the kite. So that is the picture of what's happening here, except it's not a kite. It's Zacchaeus climbing a tree. The difference is, in our day and age, I find that very impressive that a full-grown man will climb a tree. Back here was not the case. In this particular culture and time, it was considered shameful, actually, for someone of that age to climb a tree. So here is one of the most infamous men in Jericho climbing a tree. The fact alone that Zacchaeus would be willing to climb a tree and behave in such a shameful and undignified way shows us that there was more than just an intellectual curiosity about Jesus. It was more than that. He wanted to see him. He didn't care about being mocked. He didn't care about, about his pride. He didn't care what other people would think or what was in his way. The crowd, no problem. I'm short, not an issue. I'm a grown man that needs to climb a tree to see. I'm doing it. Nothing is going to stop me from, from seeing Jesus. No obstacle, no mind games, no mocking, no badgering, nothing. I'm going to see him today. See, the pull of Jesus was stronger than the fear of man and the comfort of the life that Zacchaeus had built. So here he is. Let's, let's kind of like maybe analyze him for a moment. He's a tax man. We know that. He was not liked. No. He was known as a taker. And he had built his life taking from people long enough to create a good wealth, a good, you know, a good life from it. He took money from people, not just who had a lot of money, from, but also from people who didn't have a lot of money. It didn't matter. He, there were, there were, it, was, it was different. You know, now we have breaks and, and, and assist, you know, assistance for, for low-income families. And, and then it wasn't quite the same as the structures that we have today. We didn't have, like, they didn't have the survival benefits if you lost a loved one or, or, or tax write-offs for business owners or, or COVID checks, things like that. Like, that, that wasn't happening. So he would just take from the rich and the poor because everyone had to pay the taxes. So even in hardship, and this made him rich. So he was a taker of the people. But what's interesting in this is that in his efforts to see Jesus, he, he didn't link his identity with who he was or is at that moment, but he acted in opposition to who he was or is at that moment. See, he was a taker of people, but he wasn't a taker of Jesus. Because if you think about it, he would have done things differently if he was trying to take from Jesus this day, that day. This shows me he, he was the life that he was currently living was not who he really was. That was not the true Zacchaeus. 
Because you would think that someone, someone so given to take, taking, this I'm a taker, that day, instead of doing what he did, he would have pushed his way through the crowd. He would have been like, let me in here. He would have drawn Jesus' attention. He would have been like, look at me. I want to be in here. I want time with you. He would have pushed his way in. But he didn't do that. He just wanted to see without looking to take. See, God was already at work in Zacchaeus' life before they even met. So here Zacchaeus is in the tree. So let's, let's think about the tree for a minute then, the sycamore tree. In the Middle East, sycamore trees, uh, uh, as it grows and develops, it produces a fig type of fruit. This fruit, unripe, is not anything you could eat because it is extremely bitter. But if it's left alone to ripen, it's also inedible due to the presence of wasp and other insects that grow inside of it. They're attracted to it and then they grow inside of it. So this is a problem. And the only solution to the problem is to pierce the figs, to pierce the fruit. If the fruit of the sycamore tree was pierced, it would do two things. It would ripen the figs in a short amount of time as possible, which was good. And then two, it would stop the insects and the wasps from growing inside the fruit, which is very good. So here is Zacchaeus. He's in the tree sitting among all the sycamore figs. That bitter fruit that if left alone brings upon itself its own ruin. Just Jesus is passing through. But before he passes by this tree, he stops and he looks up. Jesus knows all about sycamores. He knows all about the figs. He knows all about Zacchaeus. And he allows this interruption in his travel day so he can see this infamous tax man in a sycamore tree besides the sycamore figs and, and and that moment when their eyes lock knowing everything Jesus knows everything about the tree the figs and Zacchaeus he pierces Zacchaeus's heart in that moment he pierces with the locking of the eyes with a demonstration of such kindness and grace and love that Zacchaeus has never known see Jesus in that moment flipped the script because in one action of looking up, he said, Zacchaeus, you wanted to see me. But today, Zacchaeus, I see you. Oh, and I don't just see you. I'm calling you. Get down from that tree. Get out of that tree. That sycamore tree with those figs that left alone will bring itself to its own ruin. Today, I am looking at you. I am seeing you. I am piercing your heart because I'm calling you. And I, I'm going to start a friendship with you. And let's go hang out at your house. You know, let's go do something. Get down. You don't need to be sitting up there next to that stuff relating to that. that that's not you anymore. That's not who you truly are. That's, that's old Zacchaeus. You today can be all that you were meant to be, all that you really are, not identified by your past, your limitations, but this is an invitation. 
into friendship. You're no longer going to be judged by your reputation, but you're going to be known by friendship with me. So let's do some face-to-face time. You didn't ask. I'm offering. You didn't take. I'm giving. See, you, Zacchaeus, formerly known as tax man, taker of people, spent your whole life taking but in a crowd of takers today you took a back seat you took this off the books look from a tree you didn't demand on me you didn't expect anything from me so today i'm leaving behind the crowd for the day and in the atmosphere of your heart zacchaeus of hunger of desperation of tenacity of purity I'm going to give you me today. All of me, not just a good view, but a good friend. My time, my intimacy. I'm going to go to your house. How many know when you have someone in your house, it's completely different level of friendship and intimacy than just like kind of like meeting out in a public setting? It's different. Zacchaeus jumps down. He can't believe it. <laughs> He's like, wow, I didn't expect this today. But then the people start. The people start. They don't like it. They're pretty upset. They've been crowding Jesus all day because they wanted something from Jesus. They were trying to get from Jesus. They were trying to steal his time, his attention. They, they were interested. And they're like, we've been, we've been like crowding all day. And he hasn't even looked in my direction yet because there's so many people. And he's walking and he's on his way somewhere. And, and this, this man, this sinner of a man gets a one-on-one. Like that's not fair. Have you ever been there where, where someone jumps ahead in the process you've been working towards and they're not even qualified? The crowd, they didn't like Jesus loving the rich. Shouldn't he just help the poor, heal the sick, fix the broken? Shouldn't he spend time with me because I've been following him all day in this crowd? And Jesus was not fitting their ideas of him that day. But verse 8 says, but Zacchaeus stood up and said, look, Lord, (laughs) here and now I give half my possessions to the poor. And if I have cheated anyone, I will give back four times the amount. See, Zacchaeus is like, I'm just going to make this right. He, he, He didn't even like get offended by the people. He was just like, he's so moved by Jesus, he didn't have time for offense. So moved by Jesus, he didn't have time. For offense. I could just stop right there. See, the kindness of God leads us to repentance. Once a tax man, taker of people, now Jesus has his heart. (laughs) That pierce, that invitation to friendship caused Zacchaeus to be willing to give up in a moment everything he'd built in a lifetime. Friendship with Jesus changes people. All he wanted to do was see Jesus. And now with his eyes wide open, he suddenly saw not just the Savior in front of him, but he saw the mistakes, his mistakes behind him. And he saw people. For the first time, he saw them. And he began to do the right thing. Jesus said, today is salvation day in your home. (laughs) Woo! like better than like birthdays and anniversaries salvation day in your home he said now you're son of abraham 
For the Son of Man, speaking of himself, came to find and restore the lost. See, Zacchaeus had an identity shift. He was reborn in that moment. Jesus came to find. He looked up. Jesus came to restore, restore people lost in the pursuit of the wrong things. He saw Zacchaeus, and Zacchaeus saw him. His eyes were open. He suddenly got a new view, and it wasn't because he was in a tree. But everything changed because friendship with Jesus will change your view. It's brighter. It's clearer. Have you ever talked to someone who has just come to know Jesus and they're like, man, I've been walking around and it's like everything was just kind of dark. Like my vision actually felt dark. And then I invited Jesus in my life and it's like everything's like brighter. This is a real thing. That people experience. Friendship with Jesus changes us. I'm going to have Ryan come as we kind of bring this to a landing here this morning. And I want to end with this. One, you can have everything and nothing all at once. Even in your friendship with Jesus, you can have everything and nothing all at once. So maybe maybe you don't have a relationship with Jesus, but maybe you do, but you're just chasing the wrong things. You can have everything and nothing all at once. Two, you can actually stop Jesus in your desperation. The actions of desperation, you can stop Jesus on his path to you. He will turn his attention to hunger and desperation. Three, you can have your cake and eat it too. I like that one. Jesus spending time with Zacchaeus that day was like eating the best cake ever. Zacchaeus had the best cake he'd ever experienced in his life. It was a dream come true. Jesus was in his home. He just wanted to see him, and now he's in his home. His life transformed in a visit. But friendship with Jesus for the rest of his life was like having that cake forever. It never runs out. Jesus truly is the son that never ends. See, we can eat of his goodness today. And then we can keep it forever. To eat of it every day because it never ends and it never runs out. Maybe, maybe you've tried a lot of things and you just want to see him. And maybe this message for you today is him stopping to let you know that he sees you. That you are seen. He sees you. He sees you. You just wanted to see he wants you to know you are seen. You are seen. You are seen. You are seen. You're like, I've made a lot of mistakes. That's not what he sees. He sees you. You. The real you. Not your behaviors, not your actions. You. 
maybe today is your desperate act day, the time that you're, you're, I just need to run ahead. I need to climb that tree, feed the crowd. Those actions will stop Jesus in his tracks to look in your direction every time. And I believe he's here today, and I believe he's going to minister to all of us equally but differently. Because we're all on a different journey and different stages in that journey. And some of you are, are here today, and, and, and if you don't know Jesus, first and foremost, that is, that is your first stop. That is your first stop, to be like, you know what, today I want to make decision to live for him. And that's going to make everything brighter and clearer. For others, it's just understanding the friendship with him, that it actually goes the distance. That it's not something that's going to run out or run dry because you make a mistake here and there along the way. Stay with him. Stick it out. When you feel like a failure and when you feel like a winner, stay with him. Stick it out. Build history with the Lord. I promise you, you'll look back and be like, wow, in the highs and lows, he's been there. And now look at us. Allow yourself to mature in him. And that means doing the hard things. Thirdly, I want you to understand that whether you're rich, poor, educated, school dropout your social status is irrelevant you don't, you don't have to be a hot mess and a crash and burn situation for Jesus to stop for you. you it doesn't have to be that way you don't have to be known and famous for him to stop for you you can he sees everyone he's for everyone so you can be in one status or another but he's for everyone and he sees you all you can be the most popular, well-put-together, successful person, and he will stop for you, too. He's for everyone. Why don't you bow your heads um, for a moment? I just want to create just kind of like a, a, a private encounter for you and the Lord, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask a question just because I just want to know who's in the room and if, if there's someone that we can pray for this morning. But if you're here this morning, first and foremost, your first stop is to have a relationship with him, and you don't have that yet, I just want to provide an opportunity. Is there anyone here that you'd be like, I want um, to know Jesus. I don't know him right now. I mean, I want to make a decision to live for him. If that's you, I just want you to raise your hand. So I thank you. You can put your hand down. you're here and you're like I man my friendship with Jesus has been a roller coaster and sometimes I don't even know for friends because I just feel like I fail and I've maybe been a Christian a while and I still mess up and I just want to be better and, and, and you're like I, I want resilience I want hunger I want that, that tenacity to run ahead I want to be more than I've been. 
then I just want you to raise your hand so I know who to pray for this morning. Got you. Yeah. Thank you. Father, I just thank you for every individual in this room because you know every fine detail about every one of them and you love us more than anyone on the planet. I thank you that there's nothing that we can hide from you, yet you love us with a limitless love. I thank you for newfound friendship this morning with you. I thank you for clearer views and brighter skies. <laughs> I thank you for a change in the trajectory of, of, of a life. God, and I thank you for those of us in this room today that would say, you know what, I, I can do better. I can grow more. I, I want to mature in the Lord. I want to deepen my friendship. I, I just don't want to be up and down and all around anymore. I want to build strong history with the Lord. And I, 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 even in my mistakes, I want to be confident of the goodness of the Lord. And I want to be confident in my position in him. So I pray for all these that said, yeah, that's me today. I, I want to respond to the Lord. I want to respond in this moment. I pray for a Holy Spirit to come right now and, and pierce the hearts. That they wouldn't be left to their own room, but they would have an encounter with you that would bring them to a full ripening of their lives. And the dream and the destiny and the future and the plans that you have would come to full fruition in your name. God, we do this for you and only you. And we thank you for what you're doing in us.